This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Bez, what do you love? Well, John, it's a new sponsor and I'm loving it. For me, double quarter pound a meal. What are you having? Oh, it's got, got to be the chicken nugget share box. To myself, there's no sharing, but well, to myself. That goes without saying. But what yeah. dip? Oh, barbecue. It's a barbecue dip. Yeah. But where can people get it? So, yeah, where can you get it? You can order via the McDonald's app. Um, it's via participating restaurants only. 18 plus. Rewards. Registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. So, see mcdonalds.com for full details. There's a team that we all love. Playing out a person time. They've had a few promotions, but always end up going down. Play up, play up, for fail. 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 Welcome to the Ailen Vale podcast. It is Sunday the 20th of August. It's three minutes to nine at night. So this is going to be the shortest podcast in history because I'm knackered. And we come to you after the Vale one. Three two away at Charlton yesterday. Great result. Leaves the Vale up in ninth in the table. Seven points from the first four, which is more than we could have asked for. Thank you for tuning in. We'll be back on Thursday. See you all later. I was out for the podcast. Lads, that all right, Johnny? Are we done? Uh, Matt Goodwin will be furious. Why? He's got the spreadsheet on the go again. Wow. Matt, uh, eight all round. <laughs> no, right, let's get into it. So I'm joined by Johnny. Johnny, how are you this fine Sunday evening, even though we're tired? Yeah, not not too bad, mate. Not too bad. I had a good Sunday. So um, where are you now? Let's, let's get cracking. Yeah, always better after the sweet smell of victory, isn't it? Andy, and that goal at the end was brought to you by Josh Thomas, who's dead good at running. I, yeah, I'll, I'll say something different about him, but um, yeah, it isn't just that he runs, it's how he runs, I think. He's, he's got some sort of purpose and yeah, he, he just, you always felt like he was going to hunt him down. When, when that ball bounces and the defender's under it, you know when an attacker's favourite to just hunt that down and um, turn it into a situation. What a weekend. I'm absolutely shattered and uh, I, I love it. I wouldn't swap it for the world. What what a crazy start to the season we've had. Yeah, unbelievable. And after, you know, the opening day, which we're not going to talk about anymore since then, undefeated and four, including the cup game, seven points. And let's be honest, when the fixtures come out, if after four games you'd have said we're on seven points, you just snapped everybody's hand off and ninth in the table and it's looking good. Teams like Port Vale, eh, Johnny? Right, teams like Port Vale. And I'm loving the fact that the admin have got involved in it as well. The new yeah. bio on Twitter Twitter has rattled a few people as well. Yeah, um, big time. It's, it's, the thing with it is, fan, fans, every the set of fans have said it since. So even the Fleetwood fans said, said it. So... Mm. Like why not why why not play on teams like Port Vale like in the right I'm, like, let's let's be let's be fair Blackpool Reading should we be beating teams like Port Vale now Charlton I don't know if they should they've been in League One for seven eight years now so so there's nothing that turns to me and says they should be beating a team like us but you know if if, if that's what the fans think and 
that's that's how they want to go with it. I, I can deal with that. Yeah, let them um, keep saying it, eh, Andy? But we can't, for me, now go on the next run of games, which look a little bit easier on paper, and say, right, it's teams like Carlisle. You just nicked exactly what I was going to say. Teams like Carlisle, we should be we should be beating them, shouldn't we? Um, <laughs> I've I've made a list of teams like Port Vale, and it's Port Vale, and that's it. There's nobody else as as daft as us, really, or anything yeah. like us. Um, what I will say though, in in defence of a lot of teams' fans, is it's only people online, very online people who yes. who say this sort of nonsense. I've been every game this season and all the fans I've met, and even fans of others, I've met some Blackpool fans in the pub uh, Saturday lunchtime. We were having a walk around London doing all the sightseeing stuff. Went to a pub near Westminster and then because um, Mellor and Rory had veil shirts on, they came chatting to us after and talking about Tuesday night's game. And um, yeah, everyone you meet in real life, proper football fans, they know. They know the score. They they know that these sort of leagues aren't easy and anyone can beat anyone on the day. And Charlton fans as well, chatting to one or two on the DLR, going to the ground. Proper fans, they know what's going on. They're, they're all like absolutely sound. It's just one or two... Um, Idiot kids, isn't it? People, yeah. people on the internet. Yeah, well, and we've got his own as well, haven't we? Well, yeah, we have. It's turning out to be the vloggers now as well. They, they, the, the, these vloggers seem to be really rattled by teams like Port Vale because, like, the Blackpool one has blocked everyone and that the, they know. And now the Charlton one was giving it the big. We should, we, we should be beating teams like Port Vale. So, yeah. it's it all just content. Is it all just like? Outrage yeah. for clicks and, and likes yeah. and subscribes and views and stuff. It helps, yeah. doesn't it? It's all the stuff that we can't be asked to. Yeah, but as you say, Andy, as we were sort of stood outside the coach, just waiting for everyone to come back, having a bit of air before we got on, the Charlton fans walking past the coach, just saying, well done, you know, well played today, good luck for the season, you know, proper fans, as you say. Yeah, absolutely sound, uh, all that lot. Um, there's a bit on, if you, if you know the valley, as you're coming down Floyd Road, that bank, there's a bit where you go left for the home stands and right for the away end of the main stand. And yeah, everyone meets up together and everyone just seemed really sound. Uh, that's the only way you can put it. And it's felt like that all season. I don't think we've had any really heated or aggressive or any flashpoints outside the grounds. It, it, it's felt really, um, it's felt really good at games. And I think, yeah, Charlton seemed like the, most of them have got the feet on the ground. Maybe one or two thought, I don't know, because they had a takeover in the summer, didn't they? That maybe they, they I, and I thought this as well, I thought they'd push on a bit and, and be a bit better this season. But I mean, they still might be, it's early days. But I think, yeah. I think most of them are conditioned to this league, you know, knowing that nothing's ever straightforward, get games that are easy on paper, don't just win themselves. And I, th- I think we'll 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 maybe see this time next weekend where we where we are after the Carlisle game, and you know we we might be saying you know typical Vale we we won a couple of the tough ones and then lost the easy one on paper and that's just how it works, isn't it? That's just the yeah. way that this league in particular and football generally happens. Yeah, well, Beza Bingo, I've got us now probably six points up because. Maybe, as I said, we'd have got one point out the first four games, which might be your home game to Reading. 
So we're six points up. Let's carry on from there. Um, Tom's not with us today. We'll, next time he's on, we'll have a chat about pre-game. We got down to Charlton early, got in the pub. I took the dominoes and the crib board, and we had a good few hours of dominoes. Had a right good crack. And I know Mark, who listens, enjoys it. He joined us. We had a crack. So dominoes now might become a stable of the away days now. Let's see. That, they, they, there you go. That, 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 that's one way to really um, sell, sell Dicko's fun bus. We'll get there the dominoes out, lads. I tell you what, everyone really enjoyed it. And first game went to double up. So it was £11 in the pot. There were scenes in the pub when that £11 was won. Yeah, we'll get, we'll get the pipe and slippers out for next one. And Uncle Albert will be telling us about what happened during war. Uh, yeah, I tell you, don't knock it till you've tried it. Are you coming for the next fives and threes? Um, if, you, if you're bringing it Cambridge, I will. Well, could happen. It could happen. Could let's happen. Yeah. So let's get into the game. As we've said, it finished Charlton 2, Vale 3. Charlton taking the lead after 10 minutes from, let's call it a dubious penalty, and I'll cover it in ref watch. Vale then equalised through big James Wilson on the 55th minute and 56th minute. Oh, Chizzy goes and puts us 2-1 up. Daniel Canu made it 2-all with a cracking looping header. But then in the 87th minute, we've got Funzo Ojo pops up with the winner. And the valley goes silent as the travelling valiants erupt. The possession, 57% for Charlton, 43% for Vale. Total shots, 17 for Charlton, 15 for Vale. On target, 7 for Charlton, 5 for Vale. Clear-cut chances, according to Sky, 1 for Charlton, 3 for Vale. That's interesting. It is, because to be fair... Both goals are one-on-one with the... Both goals are clear-cut chances, aren't they? The second and the third. Ch- yeah, Ch- Chizzy's is definitely a clear-cut chance. And Ojo's is. I'm not calling Thomas's, but Ojo's is. Yeah, Ojo's is. I, well, I'd probably say Wilson's is probably classed as a clear-cut chance, just because of where Eddie from. Like, yeah, I maybe. Think, I don't know if they count how it's, how it's happened as uh, in there or not, because... You think six technically the goal's been scored from six yards out, hasn't it? So yeah, so yeah, and then corners nine for Charlton, four for Vale. Tackles one eleven Charlton, seven Vale. Aerial duels one twenty five Charlton, twenty Vale, and saves two for the Charlton keeper, four for Connor Ripley. So there are the stats, Johnny. Before the game, once the team news was out, you messaged me, and you said. Said perfect eleven by Andy Crosby, couldn't fault it, um, and we're going to win three two, didn't I? Um, not quite. Well, but not far off. You said good eleven. Wilson to hold the ball up at his feet and being technically the best player we have should link up with the blaster and Cheslet. Although you said our blaster, not the blaster. Yeah. Um, Clark rotated due to knock is the only thing I can think. Ali seems to have gone for me. So that was your thoughts before kickoff. Anything to elaborate on? After that, no, I, I think for me, I think people need to realise about Mitch. Like he had, yeah, he, he had that knock at Barnsley, and then he, he did, he, he sat out the majority of of the next game and and, and such like that. So I, I don't think it's going to be a theme that we see Mitch rotated. I just think at the minute, it's, it's an impact injury that you kind of want protect as much as possible. Um, so I think that's the, that, that's that for me. I saw people, there was too many people saying X player had been dropped and 
we need to get out of that mindset, I think. Um, because I don't see any of the players being dropped from Tuesday to Saturday. Um, but yeah, I think everything else I was more right with. Yeah, and carry on marks for Crosby and the coaching staff. Um, a nine for Crosby and the coaching staff. I thought the subs were brilliantly timed and the right ones. We 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 obviously we didn't hammer him against Blackpool, but we said we felt he, he shut up shop ten minutes too early. Um, it could have been simple to shut up shop at two two, and go there you go that that that's us done boys. Let's let's take the point because let's be fair, none of us would have would would have been angry with a point at Charlton even after being one down and then two two one up, would we? No, not right. at all. So, especially because the the way the goal was scored as well, because the goal was cracking header, like you've mentioned. Um, so yeah, I just I, I think it, it was the almost almost complete management performance. A couple of little tweaks here and there. Um, and make it a perfect tenure. We, we conceded two goals, and there was a couple of bits that could have happened earlier for me. Uh, but yeah, overall, happy days. Yeah, Andy, anything to add on that? Yeah, I think we're good at being good at changing games up this season. We've made the right changes at the right times. It's just sometimes you, you wish we hadn't started badly and well not badly but you know so like we started slow against Reading um I'm thinking um can't really fault the subs against um in the other games today it was a very very sloppy start um but we eventually hold ourselves back in the game and he's just can we can we maybe start better and not give ourselves a little bit of a mountain to climb it's not even a mountain it's a hill to climb um is that's just the only the only little quibble really i mean we've um i don't know it feels like you know we, we could have easily won or got something at barnsley but and equally the reading and charlton games could we could have lost them before we had a chance to to, to have won them really yeah and i'm with you i think and we'll get into it more as we go through the players probably first off for me we were pretty poor i'll be honest and it's half time. I couldn't see us getting back into, but second half was a completely different ball game and different Bale side that came out. Um, I'm going to ask you a question, and either of you can answer. Alice travelled to Blackpool. He came on the pitch at full time yesterday. I saw Kofi on the pitch at full time, but no Alice. Are you reading anything into that? Uh, I'm reading the fact that he probably still lives in Fleetwood, so he got a free lift home. Um, so- but. Uh, like I said, like I said in in the in the pre-match text here, I think I think he's gone. Yeah, that's the vibe I'm getting, Andy. Yeah. And he... something doesn't feel right in in terms of if if he is injured, then fair enough. But you just I don't know. You just something feels a bit wrong, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, if he was injured, there's no real reason for him to travel down um, yesterday, but. Something doesn't spell right, does it? No, and it's just Kofi. Maybe Kofi was in London. Obviously, he's on loan from Crystal Palace. Maybe he just jumped on the tube, come across watches. Who knows? We don't know. We're just purely speculating. But that speculation will stop in a week and a half when the transfer window shuts because we'll know exactly. But if Alice goes, I think we all know we need a centre-forward. And a powerful, target man centre-forward that can then change games up. Because I think, and this is probably one for Thursday, 
we go back to two up top next Saturday. I think the games we've had have probably dictated one up top and play more across the middle. I think games against, and again, no disrespect to Carlisle, because I don't mean it that way, but teams that have just come up, you're probably looking to be more on the front foot than you are against teams that have just come down. Yeah, I think, like I say, it's, it is definitely one for Thursday, but I I don't see the, the formation necessarily not having the ability to do to do that. So, no. I think I just like two strikers. I like a target yeah. man who can hold the ball up and someone play off him. I think if the formation's working, we, we keep it. We don't just think, oh, well, Carlisle are, are maybe not as good as Charlton or Reading uh, or Blackpool, so let's just chuck more strikers on because it'll be easier. Uh, if, if we're getting midfield runners into decent positions, then we should continue to do that. And it's just about getting the right number nine and getting yes. the right people around him. And it is interesting, that formation, and it's probably going to be another Thursday conversation, but it's just how, for example, it's it's a variant of the 3-4-3 that we played last season, but nobody liked and it didn't really work. But the 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 people around the, the two um, we've got more attacking midfielders than, than wingers or, or wide strikers, aren't we? They're tucked in and they're a little bit deeper and they seem to be having a lot more um, impact, really. Yeah, yeah. And let's get on then. Very interesting ref watch, but I'm not going to call it ref watch this week. I'm going to call it official watch because the line has also had a big part to play in the mark for this. So official watch brought to you by repair-glasses.co.uk. If you've got some glasses that need fixing, whether that's your sunglasses, looking at that table and shiny old Port Vale up in ninth, while little old Bert in the bottom of the table, whether it's your reading glasses that you need so you can look at that table and take it in, get yourselves over to repair-glasses.co.uk. So, official watch. And you've got to say that we lost 7-0 and we've got a better goal difference on them as well. I wasn't going to rub it in too much. <laughs> you've got, you know, sleep next to it. And she's kneeing you in the ribs and punching you in the kidney. She's now refusing to go get me the drink that she'd agreed to about five minutes ago. So, yeah, that's yeah. got the fault there, Anna. Yeah, I've, uh, yeah, I've seen. I was trying to look out for you there. But anyway. <laughs> so, official watch, it's an absolute two. I thought absolute shocking officials. He's had, they have had two key decisions in the game. And for me, both of them are wrong. The penalty is never a penalty in a million years. And when you're in the stadium, you get a feel. When the ref's blown the whistle, sometimes think, oh, we might give that. When he blew the whistle, I was convinced he was booking the player for diving. Absolutely 100% convinced. Because Yeah, same here. And just if you watch the video, by you watch Alfie's video on YouTube, which is yeah. great, by the way. There's a, a pause, isn't there? There's just time stops for a second. And everyone's, there's a hush. And everyone's looking at him. Yeah. And you don't know which way it's going to go. No. And for Alfie's video, AB7 over on YouTube, go have a look. You might see some emotions from me and Amos on there too this week. Um, so, you made yeah, it on the thumbnail, didn't you? I did. I made it on the thumbnail. That'll scare the kids away. Um, so, yeah, for me, never a penalty. However, I feel for the ref a little bit on that one because if you're watching the, the video on the highlights, you see straight away the line is flagged. And he's pointing down the line and moving towards the corner flag, which indicates the line is giving the penalty. And as a ref, when your line has done that and it's an official line and not a club line, like on a Sunday morning, you've got to go with him. You can't not go with him. And you, it's you've got, you, there's 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 only a 
there's only a few examples of you not going with them, isn't there? You'd have yeah. to be 100% that you'd seen what you thought yeah. you'd seen that was different from the liner, wouldn't you? So Yeah, and when it's over on the liner's side of the penalty yeah. area, you've got to go with him, especially when the ref's probably slightly blindside, and he should be because that's the position he should have because your liner's the one that's looking in at that. So yeah. it is the liner's decision give. And once he flags, he sold the ref up the river. And I think the ref knew it wasn't a penalty. But if he overrules his liner there, for the rest of that game, that liner's getting dogs abuse from probably both sets of fans. The ref's probably getting dogs abuse from both sets of fans and you're calling them incompetence. So he has to give the penalty to protect the integrity of the team there. Well, they were referee. getting dogs abuse anyway at the end. Well, they were. So that decision has got wrong. The other key decision for me, and I think, Johnny, you've got a different opinion to me, but Funzo Ojo was a red card. Their man's through on goal. Funzo Ojo's one, behind. You can't tackle from behind anymore. Two, hasn't got the ball. It's a stonewall red card for me, a stonewall free kick. However, I think probably subconsciously, because you wouldn't do this consciously at a ref, but subconsciously he's thought, I've evened it up here. So in the ground, I thought yeah. from Funzo's Funzo's reaction tells you everything you need to know. Usually, he it held does. his hands up as if to say, "I haven't done anything," which which then leads me to believe he has. Now, watching the videos, it it looks the same thing. The other video I've sent you today, where you see Funzo step in front of their lad and then get kicked, that's the only thing that says to me that like if you uber analyze something you can probably see something that might not be there so feet wise i think he's got his feet in the right position but still think it felt like a red card yeah but i can see why the ref hasn't given it if he's seen funzo get his foot in front and then their lad kick through him and fall over but yeah it, funzo's reaction tells me everything i i need to know but i can see funzo stopped playing didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Funzo stopped playing, put his hands up as if to say, I haven't touched him. And the ref yeah. was like, yeah, I know. But well, you don't do that unless you've, yeah, yeah. Well, you've done something. Well, did, I, don't, I don't know if... I don't know if... Was it... And did you say it or did Mala say it, Andy, in the ground about Conor Ripley? That what some, some, something that you'd seen or whatnot that said referees say that the most the most obvious thing that you've done something is when you stop and hold your hands up. Um, it might have been Mello. I don't think it was me, but I've, I've definitely thought it because I've, I've played in, you know, five-a-side games where my mates just clipped someone's ankles very, very um, deliberately. And then just the, the natural reaction is two hands up. Oh, oh, sorry. And everyone knows it's like sort of a, it's almost a joke, isn't it? When, when that sort of, when you do that, when you've just taken someone out, it's, it's it's an admission of guilt, isn't it? It is. The difference for me with the Ripley one is Ripley actually stops and puts his hand up before their striker even gets to him to say, I'm not making a tackle. I'm not going in. It's not like he's tripped him and then done it. He's done it before the supposed offence, which was never a penalty. Go on, I get that. I get, well, yeah, I get, I get that. I, I just think in real time, when you look at it, the the one thing you look at, you see Ripley stood with his hands up. So yeah. it seems like it's the same thing. But like, I, I agree. Watching it back, Ripley pulls out hundred percent. 
Yeah, and to me, he's put his hands up before their plays even got there, if you watch it frame by frame. I haven't gone to that level, but if you do. Now, the difference for the fun zone one, for me, if you're the player that's behind, whether that's attacker or defender, there's two ways that you're making contact. One is the striker's looking for you and leaving his leg out to catch you, and then that's simulation. The other is the striker's in his normal stride, and whether you've meant to or not, have you impeded him? For me, that Charlton player looks as though he's in his normal stride and he hasn't gone looking for Funzo. He's in his normal stride. Funzo's put his foot there and that's what's caused the foul. For me, your foul. So for me, it's a red card. I think the ref's guessed based on the way the ball exits out of the tackle. Uh, I think sometimes you've got to look at where the ball goes and, and think, you know, has it, has it run naturally or has, has it gone out of in a way that suggests that he's got the ball and I think the way the ball sort of stays where it is looks like mm-hmm. he's swept his leg round and and taken it Agreed and then you've got to ask yourself and we won't go over this much more now this is just my interpretation as a ref has he made that tackle from behind or has he managed to get him from the side because you can't tackle from behind anymore and for me it's probably from behind he's gone through the man to get the ball if you're saying he's coming from the side maybe there's an argument there for me, as a ref, if someone does that on my pitch, the walking. When I looked at it in the first time, like I thought he'd gone through his leg with his to, to get the ball, and I don't think he even does that in the end. I think the ball just sort of stops dead, and and I don't think Funzo even sort of goes through the man to get the ball. He's just he just gets the man with the penalty. I mean, obviously Ripley does he need to come out as? I, mean, I know he's a little bit committed. He was probably being no man's land. But he's he's going wide. He's it's not a foregone conclusion that he's going to get a shot on goal. He, he might decide to stop and, and check and have a look up. Does he give the referees a decision to make? The other thing is, I don't know if you saw the Liverpool penalty yesterday. Yeah. Um, we've been told there's a new directive where if someone feels a little bit of contact and in the old days somebody would say something like he's entitled to go down there that isn't automatically a penalty and there's got to be a, a stronger there's got to be a bit more to it than just than just a little bit of a touch to and going down in the area how do how do those decisions for you as a referee how do they what well, I'm try, trying to phrase it D- does that does that penalty decision seem right to you based on the new referees directives this summer for me the liverpool penalties are harsh one on bournemouth however i think the also the directive they've been given this year is var is for clear and obvious errors it's not for ones where you can interpret one way or the other and then they probably looked at that gone there's contact there it's on field decision had they not give the penalty i don't think var gets involved and says go look at it Having given the penalty again, I don't think falls there to get involved with it. I think it's on the field, ref's interpretation. There is contact. Yes, the Liverpool players made the most of it. Going back to yesterday's ref, the only other thing I've got to add is that after giving Charlton the penalty in the 11th minute or whatever it was for that, Ethan Chislett then had one where he went down easy, but there's contact. Now, when you give a decision like you do in the 11th minute and give a penalty for as soft contact, if any, as that, you've got to be consistent throughout the game. And he wasn't consistent on that, and Chislett got boots. Now, question, question for you, just there, just beforehand. Yeah. Has has he been consistent though? Because, like you said, you don't think he would have given the penalty. So has he stuck to his guns 
and the liner hasn't given that decision because right again, right in front of him, it's exactly the same place. Yeah, Chizzy, I think was outside the area, so I think it was only ever going to be a free kick. Agree on uh, that. Yeah, I think he does land inside the area, and I think that's what convinces the ref. Maybe it could be more simulation, but yeah, it just felt like he'd stuck to his guns there, and the liner again may have been bollocked at half time and said, "Don't put me in that position again." Maybe, and that's why I said this wasn't a ref watch, it was an official yeah. watch. Because between the officials, they haven't been consistent there. And do I think Chizzy's made the most of it? Yeah, I do. And do I think he's a foul? Probably not. But you've got to be consistent. Once you've given one one way, you've got to then do the same throughout the game. And the giving thing... a decision so early, go on. Yeah. Well, the other thing is, I think the foul that Chizzy won on the other side that led to Willow's free kick was exactly yeah. the same foul as the one he got booked for. Yeah, so I, th- I think there is an argument of consistent. Well, there are, there is an obvious argument about consistency, yeah. but yeah, I, it it was it was a weird refereeing display because I really think for eighty minutes of the game, I didn't really notice the ref and thought yeah. he was all right. But and yeah. I like Sonny as a ref. Actually, I yeah. think he's a, one of the best refs at all level. Yeah, and but he had two five minute spells where I don't think he was out by his officials, and then yeah. he's. He, he made strange decision regarding the Funzo Ojo. Like, if, if Ojo gets sent off, then no, no Vale fan complains. Really, no. we all, we all obviously complain, but like, once, once you look at it, no Vale fan really complains about it. So, I do no. think he has made a couple of strange decisions. Agree, and that's why I've gone for an official, an official watch rather than a refs watching. Two out of ten. I thought it was poor display for both sides because Charlton fans will go, oh, we were 1-0 up. They should have been down to 10 men. We go, well, you've had the soft penalty, which, to be honest, I thought sucked the life out of the stadium for the rest of the first half. Not just the Vale fans, it sucked the life out of the stadium. Well, they were Charlton booing the ref. Quiet. They yeah. were booing the ref because, you know, there have been a couple of decisions didn't agree. It didn't agree with the um, the Ojo tackle, obviously. Then their keeper got booked for time-wasting. Yeah. And then that puts the referee under pressure to give every single one after that, really. Yeah, yeah. Which is is where where the law is maybe not really working well is that the referee can't give everyone, or it probably should do, but mm. it's it, it just puts him in a in a difficult position. Again, um, it's consistency. Rory said during the game that the referee is just guessing on a lot of the big decisions today. And I don't think he really knew either way. There are, there are a few decisions that could have been decided by the toss of a coin. Um, as, as it happens, the way it has worked out was to our benefit. Um, if we'd have gone down to 10 men, we probably would have gone on to lose. And the player that got the winner wouldn't have been on the pitch. Yeah, with you, with you. But yeah, there we go. Official watch over. Poor day for the officials. Poor day for Sonny. Not out by his liners and... Hopefully we get him again so we can put it right. But, yeah, not a good day for the officials, but a good day for the Vale. And Super Vale Away is brought to you by Andy PVFC's Taxis. If you need a lift somewhere, give him a bail. He'll take you to the airport. He'll take you Super Vale Away. He might not take you Super Vale Away, to be fair, but give him a bail, he might. But he'll definitely take you to the airport and his PVFC's Taxis. So let's get on to Super Vale Away. In goal, number one. I like it. Super Connor Ripley in goal, Johnny. Um, yeah, I, I, I tweeted out last night that one or two players had a real off day and it was nice to see that the rest of the team bailed them out. And I think this was one of Conor Ripley's off days. The first 10 minutes, 
I know that Rory was he, he likes an exaggeration, um, but he said it was probably the worst goalkeeping performance he'd ever seen by a Port Vale goalkeeper. Um, I wouldn't go that far. No, but I wouldn't. It was a pretty bad opening ten minutes. He managed to shank three out of play, pass one to their lad, and give a penalty away. In regards to what you think about the penalty, I do think he was pretty slow off his line at that point. Um, I don't know if he expected the yak to do what the yak did, but that's that, that's one of them, isn't it? But yeah, I think he was a mad ten minutes, and then he just settled down into a, a steady, steady performance by him, which then led to that cracking save second half as well. Um, yeah. I think that took a deflection on the way through, which is why he had to parry parry wide. So so six for Ripley. I say I don't think it was diabolical. I don't blame him for the penalty as such. I am critical about it. he probably could have come out, but he recovered well. We've seen we've seen bigger people cave in them situations, but he held he held his head up um, and and backed it himself. So happy days and. He really gives confidence to the whole team. So, yeah. Yeah, Andy? Yeah, Johnny's um, said what I was going to say about recovery. You know, he didn't let it get to him. And he, um, by the end, I thought he was um, one of the better players. And he just gives you confidence where he went when he's when he's back to his normal self. So, um, all, all the other um, stuff, early, early doors, obviously... Um, kicking was going out of play one or two you know there was one kick that just there was a really really bad spell early on where every every pass seemed to be going astray and he just kicked one you know just tried to play a short ball and it ended up straight to um, one of their players in the middle of our own half but um, yeah he settled down and Another solid display. Um, generally, really happy with him. Yeah, with you both, probably a six out of ten, as you say. Um, made that good save in the second half, and then one which I think was a routine save that looked worse than it should have done, where he ended up tipping it over the bar. And I'm not sure if he tried to catch it and realised he wasn't going to, and then just pushed it over, or it went through his hands. Because I was worried for a minute, but he got it over. And yeah, love him. Love Connor Ripley. And he got a new song yesterday for those that wonder what the introduction was like. And it's to the tune of Rocking All Over the World from Status Quo. And it goes, I like it, I like it, I like it, I like it, I la 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 like it, la 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 like it. Here we go. Oh, Super Connor Ripley and goal. So there you go. We can get that going at the next one. Moving on, Andy. Back three. Oh. Moving on. In the back three. On the right of the back three, Captain Smudge. Yeah, um, I, I, what I liked about him to yesterday wasn't so much the um, any particular thing. It was just generally the leadership and the um, God. You can tell I was a late sub for Amos. Can't you? I haven't got anything. I'm winging it. Um, just generally, he, he was um, solid. He was um, what's the word I'm looking for? Composed. He, he Alfie May on his side, didn't really get a look in other than the penalty. You know, you didn't really notice him tear us apart. Uh, I'm, I'm just really pleased that, you know, he's able to be the captain, be the leader and and not have to sort of sacrifice his own game to, to do that. I, I'm really happy with him. And like a lot of the players, um, the longer the game went on, the more they grew into it. So very typical Smithy performance. There you go. Yeah. Johnny, 
Yeah, I thought he had an outstanding second half. Like, first off, he was all right and kind of he dealt with the fact that the yak was having a stinker next to him. Um, he dealt with that well and helped out and stuff like that. And but second off, he just come a beast. He was win. He was winning headers. He, he was he was blocking tackles. That side tackle he put in in the penalty area was inch perfect. And it was just everything he seemed to do second off was was what you want from your captain. Leading leading from the back, showing you how to how how to defend body on the line. So top top quality Nathan Smith performance. Still, still a bit too slow on the ball at times, especially when we were trying to get back into it. A couple of times, he, he took one, maybe two touches too many. Um, but overall, what you want your centre half to be doing, Nathan Smith was doing. So brilliant, brilliant for me. Eight, eight out of ten performance, up there with one of, well, one of possible two contenders for my man of the match, but doesn't quite get it. Um, but yeah, it's, I got it's re- oh, fair enough. But really pleased by Smudger, really pleased by him. Yep, interesting. As I say, I got two above him, but yeah, agree with everything you two said. I can't add anything more to that. And for those playing the bingo cards, you've got your comment of typical Nathan Smith performance to tick off. There's one done. Moving on next to him, Johnny, we've got Dan Jones in the middle. Yeah, all right, performance by Jones. He defended well. Um, his passing passing was decent. I can't I can't really remember anything brilliant he did or anything terrible from Jonesy. I thought it was straight down the line, six out of ten performance. I'm happy with it. So not really that much to say about him unless I've catastrophically forgotten something. So down to you, pair. Yeah, Andy, have you? I don't think we've forgotten anything about him other than he's just. Um, well, we would have known if he'd done anything wrong because he's the sort of player who, um, as soon as anything goes wrong, he gets pelters. You know, he's um, it, it was nice and tidy, um, good, good on possession, all the things that you said, and he didn't didn't do anything horrendous, did he? No, I I'm, suppose I'm... The, the only the only gr- the only gripe I've got Ferrins. yeah, because <laughs> he, he started the season, he started pretty flat. And a couple of times against Charlton they were, but then a couple they were just horrendously loopy. Um, and I don't think you give anyone the chance to win it, but their manager really hated them. So maybe maybe it was tactical. I don't know. Do we still need to do more in terms of movement in the box? We, yeah. we haven't got that Mickey Cummins sort of player, have we? You know, when Sam Collins used to do his long throws, it was a Mickey Cummins at the near post. For, to flick it on for someone like McPhee at the far post and they can Tranmere at home when we yeah. nearly got them playoffs. We haven't got that sort of first ball winner. And, you know, you could have somebody standing right on the byline, can't be offside, just sort of running back towards the play to, to flick it on. You could, you could do anything in that situation, can't you? Yeah. Or a Matty Carragher long throw like the last time we played the shit up there place in 2001 and Mickey Cummings headed it in for the 1-0 Vale victory. But yeah, we definitely do more of the throws. And for me, this is where your number nine target man comes in, whether that'll be Alice Harrison or whether that'll be someone else. That's where they come. Because I don't think we've got the striker at the moment to do that job. They do other jobs. 
and they're great at what they do, but we haven't got that target man, especially if Alice is not here, and that's surely what we're in the market for. So moving on, Andy, you get the first one here. Good luck, it's the yak. Yeah, he didn't have his best day um, yesterday, and I give him the benefit of the doubt. He's playing against. He's not really playing against height, is he? He's not really playing against aerial like a target man. So um, he, a lot of the time, um, that young lad was it Carno was playing yeah, on uh, yeah. his side, and that's not really. It's, it's a mismatch, isn't it? So, um, but there's just so many little things that didn't really work out. I mean, there's um, he, he got into a bit of a kerfuffle with the penalty incident. Um, there's a couple of times when he seemed just to take one a little bit too much time on the ball that he didn't have. Um, he, he got away with a couple. There was one where uh, Ripley's starting coming for the ball and he's under the ball, heads it almost sort of into no man's land um, in the second half. And you could see that coming miles off. It's always the the person who's playing that sort of ball who's the last to notice. Everyone else can just see it coming. Uh, but at the end of the day, it, it didn't cost us the game. Don't want to be too harsh on him. It's just, it was, it was a bad day at the office for him in the end. Yeah, and the, there was also a clearance in the second half where from any zone box, he's kind of cleared it across the box out and they picked it up on the edge of the box, which... Oh, was um, that him? Yeah, that was him as well. Right. I think, I'm pretty sure it was. But yeah, that put me on kittens. But you, And I will caveat it with, I actually think John are the best side we've played so far this season. Um, Johnny? Probably, yeah. Yeah, um, for, for me, it's a five for Yak. Um, what saved him from the four was the goal line clearance in the first half. Yeah. Um, uh, don't forget, he got he got behind the keeper and cleared it off pretty much off the line. So that 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 saved him. Um, he actually bunted two with his right foot into the centre in the second half that you're talking about. Yeah. And um, they didn't really get off the floor. Which was the worry? He'd kind of lifted him and he'd hit someone. I wouldn't mind it, but the he rolled across the floor and into a dangerous place. And also in the second half, he did get a bit bullied again by Carnu, um, in one of them little tussles. So it wasn't the best day at the office, but it it also wasn't utterly disastrous because we won the game. Do you know what I mean? So like you can you sometimes gloss over a couple of bits, but. He's he's back in he's back playing in England. Things are things are obviously going to be a bit different than they were up in Scotland and stuff like that. So he's going to take time to adjust. He's going to get take time to adjust to how we want to play. Um, and I think following the back of the last two performances, it's it's not it's nothing major to worry about. I don't know if you remember when we actually signed him. Um, their fans said he's got a mistake in him. Yeah, and I I think. I'm happy. I'm happy if he's making them sort of mistakes and we go on to win. If he starts making them regularly and the costing us goals and we'll, we start losing games, then obviously you're going to have to you're going to have to look at it, aren't you? But he never shows a lack, lack of desire. He, he he's he, he's a leader because I'm sure at one point in the first half he uh, he told Dan Jones, "Don't talk to me like that, you fucking prick," because um, he wasn't <laughs> happy with Dan Jones bollocking him, um, and he just. He's just one of them sort of players for me that I think he's really, really likable. 
because because when 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 he's playing well, he he's, he's a solid League One defender. So we've just got to make sure that he has more on days than off days. And when he does have an off days, mates bail him out like like they have done. Yep, and he's sponsored by the Aylan Vale podcast. Well, that's yeah, that and that is the other thing. Yeah, so he has got that going against him that he's got work yeah. against. Yeah, I was gonna say he's got work twice as hard as any other player to 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 get anything anything working against him. Yes. Yeah. And moving on, Johnny, right side of midfield. This is going to be a tough one because I actually think he's a very good player. I just don't think he's a very good right wing back, Tom Sang. <laughs> yeah, you, you you just summed it up, aren't you? Do you know the one thing that I really liked about Sang, right? was his reaction when he got subbed. It was the reaction of a bloke that cares. It was the reaction of a player that knows he's just had an absolute shitter. And he was fuming at himself. He shoot the hand of the coaching staff still. He he was just really angry with himself. And you could tell that. And, and again, that, a caveat is he come up against Cordy Blackett Taylor, who I thought was absolutely phenomenal on the day. Oh, yeah. like Mitch, Mitch didn't come on and... Was faultless against him. Blackie yeah. Taylor's. I'd I'd go as far as say he's the best winger in the league. Yeah, I, he's certainly up there. If not the best, he's up there. And I'm struggling to think of better off the top of my head. No, and that and that's it. So like, it's no it's, it's no easy day at the office. So he he doesn't need to beat himself up about it. But he wasn't great with the ball when he had the chances, and I think that was more noticeable than actually his defending. Because don't think he was awful defensively but he was caught out of position a couple of times and it was, it was just the passing there was the, the, the one in the one in the second half where he controls it on his chest and then just loops it out of play for for what felt like no reason like there was no one around him and it was just it was them sort of things that were more frustrating because we were on top at the time and we just needed a bit of control and a bit of a bit of composure in there so that, that that could also be due to the fact that do you know what i mean like he is he is pretty young isn't he and hasn't mm-hmm. played a load of professional games so so that could also be down to it but i don't think i don't think he's a bad footballer at all i just think he's had a he's had two well he's probably had about 110 minutes at wing back and hasn't looked convincing as a wing back in yeah. 100 of them because Thought he looked all right against Fleetwood when he came on at wing back. Didn't have any concern then, but Barnsley, he didn't look like a wing back. And Charlton, he didn't either, really. So, yeah, it's, it's, it'll be interesting. But he's definitely, from the centre midfield against Barnsley, the first half, looks like he's a decent player. Looks like he's got a bit about him, can, can carry it. So, I've got no concerns about Tom Sang, the player. Agree. Um, but wing back, I think, similarly to Planty, when when I've said about Planty's defense defending and stuff like that, similarly to that, I think Sang's got a lot to prove the next time he does step in at wing back because he will at some point this season. Yeah. Um, it's it's a given he'll play wing back and at some stage this season again, no doubt. Um, so yeah, um, it's a it's a, a four for Sang, um, but it's, it's it's not the end of the world. No, it pains me to agree with a fall for Sam because I just say I actually really like him as a midfielder. I just this is another case of square peg round hole, and before the window shuts in a week and a half, we need cover at wing back because for me we've got two wing backs at the club. We've got Connor Grant 
and we've got Mitch Clark and anyone else that goes there is filling in and we need a specialist wing back to cover because if you have a wing back that's fit week in, week out, they're not playing 46 games a season because of how demanding that role is. So you definitely need cover at wing back. The fact we've got wing backs that will pick up knocks throughout the season and miss some games through injury, we 100% need cover at wing back. So that's a massive, massive thing for me. We need a strong, powerful centre forward and we need cover at wing back. And then I think we've got a bloody good side. Andy, Tom sang yesterday. Yeah, I can't disagree with, with all of that. Um, the only thing I'd add is, obviously, you said Blackett Taylor is decent. Um, I remember last season, um, it felt like Charlton's wingers were criminally underused by Ben Garner when um, when we beat him and Butterworth scored the winner. They had him on one side, Raksaki on the other, and I thought the fullbacks were decent as well. And it's not just who, who he's up against. I think it was the um, the way the two systems matched up as well. I think that they had fullbacks and, and old school wingers, and they were they were um, uh, overloading us as well on on on. And that's probably true on what I'm going to say about uh, Conor Grant as well. And it's just that he he, he struggled, but everything seemed to um, just go wrong for him. Um, whatever he tried, it wouldn't work. You know, he'd get the ball in a decent area and it'd lead to us, um, well, we'd, the ball would go out and we'd end up conceding the throw in. We couldn't even win a throw up the pitch. It always seemed like it had come off him and we'd not even get a throw. A lot of the balls he was he was trying to sort of deal with or, or the playing in were, were big diagonals and he just the defenders had all they'd, they'd got our number hadn't they? and they'd certainly got his number yesterday and, and just nothing nothing to work for him. I think, you know, Mitch when he came on, he, he was having similar issues, but I think when he did get forward and, and try and take the game to them, he was getting a little bit more joy in, in turn, but you know, he was still having a, a tough time when he was um, being forced backwards. But um, it was just one of those things. Like you, like everyone says, I, I don't think he's a, I don't think he's a wing back um, by trade. He's filling in there, and it'll be interesting to see um, who we do get in because we definitely need somebody, whether it's somebody versatile to play on either side or, or what. You know, we've we've lost Ben in fairly recently and uh, we haven't got cover um that in that part so we need to we need to get someone in through the door you know as as well as a striker and and wing back's probably the next position on the list yeah i'm with you i'm with you and on ben garner the tactical genius that took swindon the best side in league two supposedly to the playoffs and we beat him he went to charlton didn't last long he's now got colchester richard to the bottom of league two after spending quite a shitload of money. But hey, let's move on. Um, and on Tom Sang, after I was stood by Amos and Alfie yesterday, and after 20 minutes, I says, get him off, because he's having an absolute toddy time. He's getting a new arsehole torn. Um, unfortunately, I love Sang, but he's not a wing-back, and I don't want to see him there again. I agree, Johnny, I think we probably will. I want to see him competing for them midfield spots. But moving on in the midfield, Andy, you got the first shot at the blasty. Young golly. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't um, as big an impact as his last couple of games where I thought he was absolutely excellent, but he was good. He um, He's good at reading the game. He's snippy. He's mobile. I think that's probably the right word. He's got a nice touch. He's tidy. Um, he 
did a lot of nice things that it just maybe I don't know I, I can't really put my finger on what went wrong for us in the first half and that is probably where if I could do that I could sort of sum him up a bit better because it felt as though there was absolutely nothing on for us they, they were cutting off all the passing lanes uh, so apart from that I thought he was he was good he was solid um maybe didn't have the same impact as one or two other players on the pitch, but on the whole, decent. Yeah. Johnny, anything to add on the blaster? Yeah, I think I think he played slightly deeper than he has done the last couple of games. I think we've seen him getting up in and around the front front one, sort of helping out Chizzy the last couple of games, whereas this it felt like maybe because they were a bit more mobile in midfield that Garrity had pushed a bit further forward and all blaster had been told to kind of stay in a box um a little bit, which which I'm fine with. Do you know what I mean? Like different games need different different things from players, don't they? Um what I like about him is that he's not shy. Um he he's willing to pick the ball up, run at people, pass, he's he's confident with both feet. So he's he's a very, very good player. Um unless anyone from Sheffield United are listening and he's very shit um, yeah. you probably want to sell him just, just yeah. give him us for free you don't want to for a pound yeah we'll, we'll give you we'll give, yeah, I'll give you a token fee he's, he's, he's terrible if anyone else listening but yeah I think yes, yesterday was one of them performances first half was was a bit like a young lad um, drifted in and out of the game which again I'm fine with second half he was he was a bit more composed um Picked up the yellow and then 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 got subbed pretty sharpish just just to protect him more than anything I think. Um, but yeah, steady day at the office for for our blaster and I think as part of the, part of the midfield unit was really good. Um, and in in he's got a specific job in that now which is which is good. So solid seven for me. Yeah, I'm with you both. And there was times for me yesterday where he perhaps hesitated on the ball for a bit too long and midfield got caught in possession, which put us on the back foot. But on the flip side to that, I can remember a couple of times where he's actually on the ball around the edge of their box and he looks as though he's going to do one thing and because he's a step above anything in this league, he does something else and leaves the defenders on their arse and had a couple of decent efforts yesterday for me. Yeah, I forgot to mention, he probably had a best chance first half, didn't he, that went just past the post? Yeah, yeah, and that come from such a nice touch on the edge of the box from him. So created it all himself. So yeah, he's got a touch of class about him, that lad, and I absolutely love him. Don't fall in love with a lone player, but I have. I met over heels. Twice. Twice. And I think it'll be three when Big Kofi comes in. I really do from what I've seen of him in preseason, but let's see. Yeah. So moving on, and it is you first, Johnny, and we'll announce our paralysis man of the match at the end. But I think this guy's in the top three. Funzo Ojo, baby. Oh, he's in the, he's in the top one. Um, he, that went well for announcing our paralysis man of the match at the end. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't care. I'm not, I'm not sitting now. Here we go then. Paralysis man of the match, sponsored by Paralysis Escape Rooms in Anley. Get yourself over there if you want the shit scared out of you like their midfield ad from Funzo yesterday. Get yourselves to Escape Rooms and Paralysis yeah. Escape Rooms. Really good. We're going again soon. He was also my man of the match, by the way. Funzo yeah. Ojo, the Belgian yeah. maestro. 
I was going to say, oh, you want the shit skating out, you like Sonny, Sonny Gillard when, when Funzo's tackling on the edge of the area like that, one-on-one. So, yeah, do you know what, Funzo, whether he should or shouldn't have been sent off doesn't matter because he didn't. Um, so we'll, we won't hold that too much against him. But he's, he's just a machine. Like, you forget he's 32 in two weeks. Like, he's all over the place. His running stats must be like, off the charts, like because whenever you look, it's like, oh, that's Funzo Ojo. There was there was a stage like in the second half went backs to the wall, and he he drops in and nicks in that little space, picks the ball up, and it's like that's Funzo Ojo, like stupid stuff. You look, you look back at the Chislet goal, the second the, the Chislet goal, Funzo Ojo wins it, lays it off to Connor Connor Grant, and then we we go and score. It's a pretty simple pass, pretty simple long ball as well. But he's, he's he's class enough to just play them simple passes and confident enough that he can do that and then goes and gets in his place. I think he took his goal really well because, like, yes, he's six yards out against an open goal. But when Thomas takes that second touch and makes the area, how many times have you seen players go, that's me done and not carry on and follow it in? Usually you see your proper strikers following them in, don't you? Whereas anyone else would go, Thomas has taken it, keeper's got it, and that's me done. But yeah, he followed, he followed it in and, and got his just rewards. Um, he's just... He's just an ear, like I say, he's just a touch of class. And I just think that he's... We, all, we, we asked the question at the start of the season, didn't we, about Funzo Ojo? Um, because we said... With how good he was last year in what we said was probably his better position in midfield, how good is he going to be as that holder? I think we're finding out because in most games he's he's swapping when like the last two when Lowe's come on he's swapped and showed that he can do both sides of it. But as the holding midfielder, he's he's bloody beautiful. Um, nine out of ten, near faultless performance, um, and will make continue for the funds. Yeah. And I and definitely want. I think, to... I think yeah. after that performance, it's only right to actually give him his full name because his first name is actually Funzo King. Funzo so, King. Yeah, Funzo King Ojo. There we go. And I definitely want a bit of Funzo, not just girls. And I think I found my new Manny Oyelecki. I think we finally replaced him, and that's why he's got the Manny Oyelecki song. For those that didn't hear it, Oeo, we've got Funzo Ojo. Oeo, here's the Belgian maestro. Oh, he, oh, he never gives the ball away. And that's our Funzo. Andy, do you want a little bit of Funzo? I'd love nothing more. Um, do you remember... I don't know if you've ever seen the Graham Taylor documentary. Where, I don't think I have. Oh, you're in for a treat then if you go on YouTube. It is brilliant. England's sort of failed 1994 World Cup qualification campaign. Um, Carlton Palmer scores against San Marino. And everyone's brilliant, brilliant Carlton. And Graham Taylor just dryly pipes up on the bench. What was he doing in the fucking box? And that just reminded me of Funzo turning up. I mean, he chested it down and, and cleared it, didn't he, from the from a defensive corner? Am I remembering that right? I'm not sure who cleared it, but it was definitely... And then did he follow it in himself? Because he, he's pretty much ran the entire length of the pitch to, to give... Um, Josh Thomas something to a bit of support 
Um, I could see him running up alongside him. I mean, Josh Thomas only had eyes for goal and he was never going to pass and he probably couldn't have seen him anyway. But he's just, that was one hell of a run just to get up there at that stage in the game and, and give him a, a square ball for a tap in. Um, I was a bit concerned after Barnsley because I didn't, I didn't doubt his technical ability. I've always known he's probably head and shoulders, well, maybe not head and shoulders, but certainly last season he felt like he was on a different level to a lot of our players technically. But there's one or two question marks around players as to whether they had the stomach for a fight and, and whether they had the right mentality to um, dig in. And, and you know what? One of those question, yeah. Some of those question marks were justified after Barnsley. You know, you you questioning players as to whether whether the right mentally for feet. And I, I was wondering about Funzo as one of those. And since then, he's um, he's proved me wrong. I think he's he's been consistently our best player in the the four games since that uh, when he has played. And I think he did he play against Fleetwood. I can't remember. But yes. certainly, um, he's man of the match against Blackpool. He was one of the men in the match. Well, he was, he was he was up there as a contender against Reading. He's been he's proved me wrong. I'm 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 really really impressed with him. As Johnny said, he was omnipresent. He felt like he was just popping up everywhere. Um, and I don't know what else can say about him. He's just really really uh, Im- impressive. And it's, it's not so much um, some of these plays. It's not so much the technical side of it. I know, I know they can do that. It's just when when you lose seven nil and your players' heads collectively go away at Barnsley, you, you're asking questions about the other side of the game, um, bottle, um, courage, mentality, all, all those sorts of things. And I think we've we've had a few answers, and we've um, <sighs> wasn't wasn't we probably feared the worst for some of these players and, and they've proved us wrong. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Fun to Ojo, incredible yesterday. And as you've both mentioned, the fact that he got forward into the box, it was the 88th minute as well he did that. It yeah, wasn't, I've just you know, watched the goal back. I've just watched the goal back and Andy, you're spot on. He chests it down and, clear, and clears the ball and then follow, follows the run. So that's you've got to give him massive credit for that as well. Yeah, yeah. And this is like Crosby said, this is why we've put the odd yards in in pre-season. That's why he wants the fittest side in the league. So we can do that in the 88th minute of the game and then hold out for nine minutes stoppage time. So, yeah, incredible fun to Ojo. Was also my man of the match, Johnny. Was he yours, Andy, or did you go with someone else? No, no, no. There's absolutely no uh, question about that. We, I mean, you can try and try and keep it under wraps for the end of the pod so we can get like the man of the match award, but there's no real... Um, jeopardy is that he was always going to be him. Fair enough. I thought there was one contender that ran him closer. We'll get to it when we get to him. It wasn't the next man, but not the worst day in the office either. Andy, you get first dibs, Conor Grant. Um, a little bit similar to well, not as bad as Sang, no, no. No, but similar in in the sense of the challenges he he faced. I think during the game, I think he. He could have been a little bit better. He, I think he had a, a tough task against uh, 
whoever was on the other wing. Uh, can't remember who it was. It was number 12, was it? Let's have a look at their lineup. They got other wing was Taylor. Teddy Taylor. Teddy Taylor. Yeah. No, it wasn't. It wasn't Terry Taylor on the other wing. Oh well, that's Terry, what they've got on yeah, here. Terry, Terry Taylor was the centre midfielder. The, the, on was the other wing Anderson, was the then? yeah Anderson, the eighteen-year-old. Right, Sky have got him as the centre one, but yeah, it was Anderson then, which was yeah, Caroy yeah, yeah. Anderson, number thirty-three. Yeah, it was. It was definitely. It, it, it was definitely them. Them pair down the wings in terms of Blackie Taylor and Anderson. There we go. I actually thought that Anderson was someone else at first. Um, until I looked at him and found out he was 18, and I was quite like impressed by him. Yeah, no. And someone said in the ground as well that Corey Blackett Taylor, his brother's our fitness coach. Yeah, he is. Wonder if you can have a little word, get him down to Boslem. Well, up to Boslem. We didn't play wingers. Can he, can he play wing back? We ask other wingers to. Wow. There we go. Because I'll be honest, and we're talking about him now, I'm not convinced Conor Grant's a natural wing-back. But yeah, Conor Grant, he isn't. He, he, he no. never, he, he is. He's spent the last few years at Plymouth doing it, but he's not He's not a natural wing-back. No, I, I think, again, he's another square peg round hole, but he's got more experience doing it. I'm not, just I'm, not sum- having, I'm not having square peg. No, just to sum up, I don't think he was having, like, he's not the worst player in the world. I think oh, there's no. a lot more to like come him. from him. He, like he can get better. I still think a lot of what I said the other week was right, that he's still building up his fitness after a long-term injury. He will get better, but he just seemed... Um, just not. He's not quite there yet, is he? He's not quite um, match fit, certainly. No, I actually think he'd do very well as one of the two playing off the striker. Where Chizzy and whoever's playing with Chizzy, whether it's Garrity, whether it's Massey when he comes on, I think Grant to do a job there, you know. You might be right, actually. But I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past Crosby. You know, he's probably got a few different ideas in his head. Yeah. It might be that. I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens because we've got a full week now and we've, we've been sort of patching yes. up for Saturday, Tuesday. We might see different things happening at the club, whether it's signings things a bit more technical stuff on the training ground we yeah, don't know do we let's be honest at the moment he's got to play left wing back so we haven't got another left wing back at the club and maybe johnny square peg round hole isn't quite right but maybe slightly not quite round peg in a round hole yeah i think i think you listen to how crosby talks about it um he keeps saying he's the technical wing back and I think that's what you've got to get used to. That not every wing back's going to be a Mitch Clark. Yeah. So you've got to get used to the fact that I think he's going to be more your left sided midfielder that's playing wing back who will probably stop around the halfway line but whip a ball or two in. And that's what we've been seeing from him. So Yeah, we have. And he got an assist for the second goal. He got the assist for Ethan Cheslet's goal. Yeah, that that's that's pushing it. Well, it goes down as an assist. He was the player to play the ball forward. It, and no it's one a else Mike. it. It's a it's a Michael Hector assist. He, Michael Hector gets enough on that ball to say it's. He didn't actually touch it. He just completely missed it. Are you sure, I'm sure. It yeah. looks like he, it looks like when he dangles his foot out, he, he knocks it away from Willow. But no, I think he expects Willow get a touch. Willow doesn't, and that completely deceives him. And if James Plant blasted that ball forward, I'm having that as goal involvement number one. It's a Conor Grant assist. Yeah, 
I think Grant plays the ball with so much topspin that by the time he bounces on the ground, it completely fills um, Hector and it turns into a fantastic through ball. Let's give him a bit of credit. Yeah, Sky have got him down as an assist. <laughs> Fair enough. But yeah, for, for me, I think decent performance by Granty. I think you saw a couple of balls that he whipped in from dead balls. A couple of his corners were, were in the right areas and pretty dangerous. Um, so we haven't yet beaten that out of him. Can't be long though. Um, we we always beat out a, a set a set piece taker, don't we? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was decent. Decent. He was up against a t- tricky winger, young lad that was running for fun at him. I felt, and you don't really want that from Conor Grant. And I think if, if clubs do their own work, they, they they will target Grant for for the pace side of it. Obviously, he's got abundance of experience and ability. Um, but yeah, so it, it felt like a good, a good, solid performance. Um, as he builds up his more minutes, th- things on the whole are looking better for him. And it feels like a very good acquisition for me. I, I, I really like him. Um, but on yesterday's performance, it, it's a 7 out of 10 um, if yeah. you're giving him the assist. Yeah, well, Sky yeah. also giving him the assist. Well, okay, if Sky, if Sky giving him the assist, it's seven. Um, but yeah, no, he'd, be t- t- he'd, he'd be touching that anyway. He was. I, yeah. I don't feel like anything came down his side, and you could hundred percent point the finger at him and go, "That would that was bad." Um, no. So yeah, happy, yeah, and happy. I, I'm with you. I thought Grant he had a decent game yesterday. Me saying it's a square peg round or wasn't a reflection on his performance yesterday. I just think actually in the centre of midfield when he can get on the ball and dictate play, he could be up there with one of our most creative players because he is that good on the ball. So we're going to have to see how we can influence the game from wing-back doing that. And I think as he gets fitter, you'll see a different Grant, you're right. And fine, Conor Grant, you stay absolutely fine. Got an assist, did his job, stopped their winger a lot more than Sang did. So yeah, credit to him there. And again, as I've said twice already, I do think they were the best side we've come up against so far this season. So the fact that he managed to stop his winger, more than happy with. Moving on, Johnny. It is you next and going the two behind Willow. I'll go with the one on Sky that was on the right to begin with, according to Sky. And for me, he was a contender for man of the match. Just to do what I thought may push Ojo. A goal and an assist. The man from South Africa, Ethan Chislett. Are you gonna are you gonna tell us how his song goes as well? No, no, because I'll butcher it. No, come on, you you butchered the other two. So what's that? I haven't butchered them. Did you thought you? Well, I think you have. What happens? Come on, what's? Shamu ama eh eh Ethan Chesler eh eh he comes from Africa. There we go. There you are. So. Everyone should be able to do that because it's just mumbling words, isn't it, really? I am, because I've got a bloody clue what they are, so you just... the are foreign. Yeah. <laughs> you just, just mumble some words and then it'll be all right. Yeah, to waka waka. Yeah. There we go, bit of Shakira. And I don't know if you've seen Josh's video. I it's... have his tried put English words to it, Auntie. not Yeah, it's, it's bloody brilliant. I love yeah. him. But Great video. On, let's, get, let's get back to the player. It's bloody brilliant, I love him. Like, yeah, he is. He is your typical attacking spark. He'll go missing for seventy minutes, 
and then he'll pop up with a goal and an assist inside a minute. Um, you, you, you've got no grumbles about it at all. He's Dodsy used to do it the same. Like you wouldn't notice Dodds in a game, and then he's outside of his foot putting one top corner against Fleetwood sort of thing, and then going missing again. And Chislett's got that that bit about him, but then it isn't to knock on Dodsy because I, I I love I, I love Louis, but Chislett just feels a bit more mobile, so adds a bit going backwards as well, and he does a lot of dog work for for the club. His free kick was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. He's put that into the corridor of uncertainty, as the as the pundits like to. I tell you what, though, on the free kick, have you watched Vale's pitch side video? No, not yet. Right, well, if Charlton are watching, because Grant and Chislett are standing over it, so if you're thinking, I'm not quite sure who's going to take it here, whether it's going to be an end-swinger or an out-swinger, watch yeah. Chislett before the free kick, because he really leaves sort of an area doubt of who's going to take it. Oh, I, I saw in the ground, he, he batted his chest and pointed yeah. at it to say, it's mine. And his mouth is saying, I'm taking this one. Yeah. It's me, I'm taking. So we really left an air of doubt around that. Yeah, no, he did. And I, I tell you, someone, someone, I, hope, I hope the players and, and stuff are giving him some grief about the little scream, though. Cause oh, yeah. As his knee sliding, that little scream's fantastic. Yeah. It's proper, proper scream. That. And let's be fair, he's told Charlton who's taken it. When the ball ends as good as that, there's nothing you can do about it anyway. Exactly. That, like, similar to what Ripley did last week, told Andy Carroll where I put it because that's where he was going to save it. So, yeah. yeah. Well, do you know what? I, yeah, it was a great delivery. And then his finish is even better for me. Yeah. Because that first touch he takes absolutely kills it into his path. And he, he then opens his body up so wide as if to say, I have now got so much of this goal to go at. Goalkeeper, make your decision. But he hits it from what edge of the area? Yeah, well, and, just outside the area. And another one, if you watch the goal back, have a look where he's run from. That ball's come out and he hasn't stood watching. He's just gone on his back and gone, let's just see if something is going to fall here. Yeah. It's just, he, he is, he, in Smithy, Bunzo were all like in the in the same sort of bracket for me. Three three very good performances, um, but yeah, it's a big nine out of ten for big nine out of ten for Ethan. Um, and yeah, I probably did. I, I, Smithy does get knocked down to third actually. A man of the match thinking about it properly. I kind yeah. of kind of forgotten about Chislett when I'm saying. I got Bunzo Cheslet one two, which is why I said to you I got Smithy top yeah. three, but not one two. Yeah, no, that that's that uh, makes sense. Uh, I don't know what's going through my head at that point, but yeah, Chizzy uh, probably what I've just said goes missing for seventy minutes of the game and then pops up and does that. So probably what was going through my head. Yeah, well, but yeah, nine out of ten. Nine out of ten, lovely, lovely yeah. stuff. And I'm with you, when he goes missing, it's never through lack of work as well, because he's still grafting away and he's doing his bits. He's not that he's a Ronaldo, and I'll get some flat for this, a Ronaldo-type player that's just standing on the halfway line, throwing his arms in the air and telling the other players to do stuff. He still puts the all ground in, and maybe that's a 37-year-old Ronaldo, not a 25-year-old Ronaldo. Andy, moving on, he's better than Ronaldo or Chessie. 
what a ten minutes he had. Um, in, in the space of a few minutes, he got booked, um, won a free kick, put in an assist for Willow, scored, then got injured and went off. And we don't have players who we, we don't really normal. We don't normally have players who can do what he did. You know, we free kicks generally tend to get over it or going straight in the keeper's hands. We don't deliver balls like that. We, it's not something that we do at Vale. And just in the space of those two minutes where it just turned the game and it was absolutely crazy. It's just everything was perfect. I can't really explain just how that feels when somebody does something and it comes off like that. It just isn't the sort of thing that happens to Port Vale. Um, what a player, what a guy. Um, absolutely loving him at the moment. I wasn't quite sure how we'd fit him in, whether he'd be a bit of a luxury player, but I'm, I'm glad we we found a way to to work him in the side because he's, um, he's doing things for us, isn't he? He's making things happen. And we've, we've got players who can... Well, we've got him anyway, who can turn a game and um, just make make it happen in the final third. You know, he's a match winner. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Great performance from Ethan Cheslett. And I hope one day I find a woman that describes me like you describe Ethan Cheslett. What a 10 minutes delivers great balls. But I have. Moving on, Andy, the best on earth, Ben Garrity. Yeah, he had to take a bit of a back seat yesterday, didn't he? But I thought he was, um, I thought he was hard working. Um, he put in the yards. He just wasn't quite, you know. He, he's got to sort of have his limelight stolen from him at the moment, and he probably won't mind too much about that if if Ethan's taking all the glory while he's just um, your lights have gone off, Bez. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that that's bedtime, that is. <laughs> right. Um, what was I saying? He, I, I, yeah, I thought he was, he was hard working. He, he did a lot for the team. Um, got through a lot of yards. Uh, chased a lot down. Made tackles. Just, you know, it wasn't one of those days for him where he took all the glory. And you know, he, he has to um, probably just um, reflect on a on a on a good day's work, but. You know, Ethan's going to be the one that takes the takes all the plaudits. Yeah, Ethan was the one with the glory, Johnny. But was Ben Garrity the wind beneath your wings? Okay. Um, why? 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 Because Andy's what? on about the glory and taking a back seat. She's um, the one with all the glory. Yeah, it's is that is that some some song lyrics from one of these Westlife? Things. No, Westlife, that. The Wind Beneath My Wings. That's Who sings that one, Andy? Is it Bette Midler? Someone like that, yeah. Hold on. I'm sure you'll find Westlife did a cover of it. Eh? They did. They did flying without wings, you knob. <laughs> Some with wings. Flying without wings. Bette Midler. 1982. 1982. You were the wind beneath my wings. You say that I I know that song, but I haven't got a clue about Shakira. Like anything, anything this century, on pop you know pub quizzes, I'm useless at. Uh, so I, I had no idea what this um, Shakira song everyone's singing is. Uh, it's it's 
young person's music, isn't it? It is. It is. But moving on, Johnny. And Garrity. Anyway. anyway, yeah, Garrity. All right, performance. Yeah. I think I think it's becoming clearer now that he's not as technical as the other players in the squad. Now we've now we've improved around him, but he's he's still putting in a load of effort. He's still he's still doing a job for the team. He's 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 challenging for his headers. He's, he's doing he's doing that sort of work, and he's kind of like the the linchpin between the 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 front two and the midfield two. Um and towards the end of the game he just he gets better as, as the game gets into the, the dirty part of it where he can really get show his game, put in tackles, help out help out his mates and stuff like that. And he's he's just it's just Ben Garrity, isn't it? He's just we're we're always gonna see a different role this year. And I just think it was a six out of ten. It was steady. It was it was all right, and it was, it was a good team performance. But yeah, he's he, he just just want a little bit more from him. And he seems to start every season. That's like the last two seasons we've had him. He started a little slow. Um. So if if this is him starting slow this season, and he's going to grow into it, I can't, I can't wait. Yeah. I'm with you. And I think with Ben Gaddis, he's always the sort of player that you notice more when he's not there than when he is there because yeah. he does all the hard work. He does the dirty work. And when he's not there, you go, Christ, we've missed Ben today. But when he's doing that work, you don't notice him, especially when you've got players like Chesy around him and Funzo that are pulling strings. But without Ben doing what he does, they can't do what they do because someone's got to do the work that Ben's doing. So I think yeah. he's one of them players that's a real team player that fans may not m- notice as much but his teammates will want him in there every week. Yeah, and like, look, no, no disrespect for the players that we had last year, because like, Bet, for example, like, I, I really, I really rated him highly. But yeah. you look at the fact that our blaster is is such a comfortable footballer. You look at that Chislett looks like the sort of player that gets you off the seat every time he's got the ball, sort of thing, and. Ojo's really stepping up and showing the sort of form that he showed before his hamstring injury and in a, in a, in a new position sort of thing for for us to see him in anyway. That it is it's always going to be hard for Ben because when we spoke to him, he said that he's not the most technical gifted player in the world, mm-hmm. but you'll never see anything less than hundred percent from him. And like you you need them sort of players in your team still. You need your grafters. You need the ones that will roll the sleeves up when things are getting hard and and maybe a bit dirty. And Ben Ben just seems like that sort of player for me. And like we we I feel, I feel like we've got to find a place for him still. Um, but I do also feel like he might start feeling himself under pressure from the fact that like if we do stick with this formation. And we stick with the two behind against some teams. You might, you might, you might fancy Arblaster being pushed up there, and or Planty being pushed in that sort of hole. And we might even go out and instead of signing another striker because we've technically got three on the books um, in Thomas, Thomas Wilson, um, and if Alice stays, sort of thing. 
like you might see that we go out and sign an, an attacking midfielder instead. Mm-hmm. So it's it's all them little things with with Ben, but I I've got no doubts as a position in 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 this team for him at the minute. Um, yeah, I, I just just would like like just want a, a little bit more from him in the attacking side of it, like yeah. not not. Not not necessarily goals or anything like that. Just a bit more of a presence at times. But again, that could also be that Crosby's Crosby said this is your job, Ben. So I could be I could be saying that I want something that Crosby's saying that he doesn't want from him. So yeah, well, a bit more of a nuisance, a bit more of a late run into the box, yeah. trying to come off, like run off the potential defenders, sort of thing. Yeah, that, that's it. Do you know what I mean? Like you look at you look at Ojo scored a goal. And our blast it Chislet scored a goal from kind of doing that. Like they haven't done anything real special. They've just ran. Mm. So yeah, that, that's that, that's the thing. I, I just want I, I like to see Ben in the penalty area more. He's 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 good when he's in the box, scored some real good goals in League Two for us. Um yeah. and I know it's a step up on level and whatnot, but I, I don't I, I don't I don't see I don't see Ben struggling with that step up. Um, so yeah, I just want one a bit more involved. I think that's yeah. probably because I, I adore the bloke. So, it'll, it'll come. Yeah, it'll come. I, I say, I'm, I'm not worried about Garrity. I just, I just want to see him involved. Yeah, and last but not least, back on the score sheet in a Vale shirt, big James Wilson, Vale's 29, Johnny. Um, you know, I don't like doing editing and stuff like that. Have you disappeared? He just fucked off on us. I think he's just gone to fix his lights. I think we'll, we'll give him a minute because I need to ask him a question. I'm definitely not editing this bit out. All right, well, should we yeah. try and fill for a bit? Yeah, I'll, I'll talk about Willow and then I'll go back and ask the question. Um, it was a surprise to see him start, um, because having not been involved at all against Blackpool, um, it was a bit of a surprise, but. He showed you what he can do with his goal. I think I don't think he was very much involved throughout the game. Other than other than that, he he, he seems that he works hard for you, and he'll he'll do what he can. Um, oh, he's back now. He must have got his coffee. No, I went for a wee. Ah, right, okay. Um, but yeah, he, he got he got his goal. Um, and apart from that, I think he was pretty anonymous. Um, but. For a goal scorer, for a striker, he's he, he done the business when you need it. And uh, what I was saying, Bez, before you fucked off, and I didn't realise. Um, yeah. I don't know if uh, I, I can edit this bit out. I'm not editing no, all the rambling. No, leave it in. Leave it in. But uh, no, what I was asking is, are we allowed to tell tell them who sponsors the goal scorer? We are. James Wilson is now sponsored by the Ale and Vale podcast. Yeah. So there After we go. Much pressure from Steve to sponsor Biddle's own. We've crumbled, and James Wilson, we've now got two players under the books for this year. We have, so hopefully we haven't crippled both of them. Yeah, fingers um, crossed. <laughs> We're hedging the bets and, and having two. Hopefully that both will be both will be good rather than both being yeah. a, a mixed bag, shall we say. Yes. But yeah, Will, Will uh, seven, seven out of ten for me. Well, I say, apart from his goal, nothing really stands out but he also didn't shirk his duties for the team either yeah 
And I think on a Thursday, the question is, in this formation, where does James Wilson fit? Because for me, he probably fits better in the two number 10 roles you've got than the number nine role that we've got. He's not a focal central striker for me. He's probably better behind and he can get on the ball and dictate play. And I think he could do a great job there. So for me, Wilson fits either in a front two or he fits playing off your big target man. He isn't your big target man. But as you say, Johnny, yesterday got his goal anyway, which is what you want from your front man. If they're getting you the goal again, you're more than happy. Big James Wilson's up and running for the season, Andy. Yeah, um, really cute header as well. Um, I don't know what he... I, I don't know. He's, he'd be very easy just to put a lot on that and he's just let it sort of brush his, um, brush his head and, and do enough to direct it away from the keeper. Generally speaking, I thought he, you know, a lot of the game passed him by. He didn't, you know, he's, he's not going to run, you know, he's not going to it's not necessarily he's not going to run, but you know, you know, you're not going to get that sort of game from him as a lone striker, where he's going to chase down absolutely everything, press and press and do all that. He's going to sort of do things in his own way. And in some ways, you look at when after we brought the subs on, um, would we have got a bit more joy playing somebody with a bit more pace against that defence, or is it something that we? got more joy out of later in the game once they tired a bit and when they were having to chase the game once they got like to 2-1 or 3-2. So I don't know about that. He, he wasn't getting a lot of joy. It could easily have been because um, the whole team wasn't particularly playing well and he didn't have a lot to work with. Um, but he bided his time, got his, uh, got his goal, and, you know, with James Wilson, there's a good chance he's probably going to come off about 65, 70 minutes anyway. So, you know, he, he can do his job for as long as he knows he's going to be on the pitch before the planned sub. And um, hopefully this is, I imagine, well, I imagine he's not quite 100% match fit. And this is a step towards him um, getting there. Um, another thing is, I can't remember who put it on Twitter, but he says, this is a somebody showed uh, posted a picture of him celebrating his goal and said this is a smile of a man who knows he's getting a goal bonus and an appearance bonus this week. So if the rumours about <laughs> his um, if the rumours about his uh, paisy play contract are true, then um, yeah, he's he's going to be happy man this weekend. Yeah, and to be fair for James Wilson, I don't think money's an issue. I think he's happy. He's playing football. He's happy on the score sheet. He's happy. We've got a win, and we're all happy with that. And we've got literally four minutes because I'm going bad, lads, whether we've finished or not. So, Ale and Vale quiz is literally three weeks away, I think, something like that, um, sponsored by Ignite Facilities. Those that have got tickets, looking forward to. We've got a few bits planned. Should be a good crack. And as I said last week, if it isn't tough shit, it says what it says. But we've got a few things planned, so we're looking forward to it. Um, and on the last four minutes, subs that came on, I'll give a shout-out again to Gav Massey, who I thought came on and in a forward position where he's not playing wing-back, not as to the defensive duties. He's playing off the front man, but he still gets back and does a shift. I thought he did well when he come on again. So I shout thought out he was to excellent. Me. Yeah, I did. And I think you can really see that this is where he should be playing, not as a wing-back and not as a striker. When he comes on playing his natural position, and we spoke about other players who aren't playing the natural position, he has a real impact. So... 
I said I'd give Gab Massey a clean slate this year. More than happy with how he's performed this year. Still don't think he was great against Barnsley, which I know others disagreed, but I don't think he was great then. But since then, this has been playing in the sort of behind the striker role. I think he's been fantastic for us. So more than happy with Gab Massey. Johnny, anything to add on subs? Uh, I think big shout out to Josh Thomas, obviously. Yeah. Um, like he's he's just he, he's he's a brute. Because like if you watch the the third goal where obviously it bounces and stuff, he just palms their centre half off. Like he puts his arm out. He's just like, no, I'm having this, and just bullies him out of the way. We're not we're not talking about a, a 30 year old striker. We might 18 year old kid that's bullied out an experienced centre half, and. It's, I just, yeah, I really, I really, really, really like Josh Thomas, and he, he just, he's mad as a box of frogs, like when he's playing. Yeah, Andy. Um, yeah, um, Lowe came on and got a few minutes, and we don't know what sort of benefit his experience would have been, how, how much use that would have been out on the pitch. What he was saying, or if he was talking to some of the younger lads to the game, uh, Plant came on and. Uh, Luke Tidy, Mitch Clark, we covered Massey. Uh, Josh Thomas, um, I think I tried to make the point the other week that um, one of the key components of his game is his pace and uh, he's quite effective at doing that. So um, all in all, um, good afternoon. Yeah, yeah, and good afternoon to you too as we wrap up. And we'll be back on Thursday, I think, Johnny. Any other plans than that? No, th- Thursday sounds good. Thursday yeah, we'll sounds be- good. We'll be back Thursday where we've got a free Thursday. So if there's anything you particularly want to talk about, message in. We might, we might not. But might have a signing or two. We might be have a sign or two by then. But Ayo, we're going to enjoy four games into the season. We are currently sat ninth in the table, seven points from them four games. It's fair to say the season's in blast off. The rocket ship's underway and the Valiants are heading into space. We'll catch up with you on Thursday. Until then, have an Ayo and up the veil. So, it's full time from the pod, and we've just lost again, and now it's time for a treat. What are you looking for, Bez? Well, I'm looking to who's cost us today. Was it the ref? Was it the players? But whoever it was, cheer yourselves up. Get yourselves to McDonald's. Get yourself a Big Mac tonight, and enjoy it through the app. Johnny? Yeah. There we go. So order make delivery on on the app. It's at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com for more details. And don't forget, have an ale and up the veil. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.